You're listening to the Hard Money Podcast, hosted by the economic activist himself, founder of Rad Diversified, CEO of Tax Auction Investors, and the visionary behind the American Survivalist Project, Dutch Mendenhall. All right, well, welcome, Taylor. I'm excited to have you. We're at the Hard Money Podcast with Dutch Mendenhall. This is Taylor Kovar, everybody. Um, I'm excited for him to be able to share so much with you guys today because um, he's one of those guys that we're so similar in the sense that he just loves business, right? He loves making uh, money. He loves helping people, uh, family guy, Christian, um, you know, all of those great things that like, like it's hard to, as a dad to want to be Superman, right. When it comes to business and those kind of things. And, and yet, you know, I, I like have this image of what that's like in my life. Right. Um, and so today we're going to share a lot of different things, but uh, you know, Taylor, share with everybody, you know, just a quick little bit about yourself and I'll more of as a person, I'll, I'll give the, the the cool business stuff, right? You own a healthcare company, you freaking wealth management. And one of the real reasons I brought Taylor on today is because um, of the moneycouple.com. And that's a interesting, fascinating uh, business that I followed for years and years because my wife and I believed in the five love languages and, and then there was the five money languages and I think healthy marriage, um, I, you know, healthy wife, healthy life, you know, is so important to me. Um, and so, you know, he's not just somebody who talks about it, though, which I think a lot of people who talk about how you should live your life, right, don't necessarily live their life that way, or people who tell you how you should be exceptional when it comes to money, actually don't have money, right, or I haven't built wealth. Um, and, and so you've done those things. And, and, and it's real. And that's important to me, because, like, for me, how do we separate, help everybody separate from the noise that's out there from what's real? So um, I'm going to hand it back to you, Taylor. But, uh, you know, what's real about you, brother? Yeah. No, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, so a little bit about me personally. Um, so I grew up in a town where there was more cows than people. Uh, so Moscow, Texas, not Moscow, Moscow. Um, literally like 250 people. Uh, grew up on a farm in a in a house that used to be a barn. I mean, like if you can imagine East Texas redneck country, mile long dirt road to my house, right? That's how I grew up. Um, parents were blue collar, literally uh, lived paycheck to paycheck, right? If they cut overtime hours of the meal, we were struggling. And so um, that's 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 how I was raised. Uh, I got. I have uh, two older siblings, a younger sibling, and then my parents actually adopted five kids when I was a teenager, which was, was really awesome. Uh, so that's a big part of our story. Um, ended up, uh, met my my now wife when I was in junior high at church camp, right? And uh, for some reason, we never broke up. Uh, she doesn't know the reason. I always just tell everybody, like, she's way hotter than I am. And so I'm definitely the reacher in the relationship. So, uh, you know, hey, when you find something good, you don't let go of it, right? So, um, but no, we've we've had a, uh, a great relationship in getting married uh, fairly young. And and you would think we, we knew everything about each other, right? Being dating for seven, eight years. Um, it ended up our first couple of years, we were fighting like cats and dogs, about to divorce by our second wedding anniversary. And, um, you know, found some good resources and turned it around. And now we're out trying to help other, other couples you know, achieve the lifestyle and the marriage that they can and as successful marriages and, um, you know, and having successful lives, uh, you know, through our wealth management practice, we deal with a lot of 
pretty wealthy and affluent people. And I tell everybody like, hey, I, I meet with people every day. Money doesn't make you happy, right? So uh, there's other things out there in life that make you happy. And a lot of that goes back to family and, and children and uh, what you're doing for others. Um, but yeah, so I've got three kids. I've got a boy named Kix, he's nine, a girl named Cambry, who's six, and a little girl named Kesley, who's three. And uh, they all have me wrapped around their finger. I, I love being a dad, love being a husband, and um, you know, excited about how we can kind of help change the world and help others. So, yeah. So your oldest son's name is Kix. Just like the cereals. K-I-X. Yeah. My gosh, man. So like you just decided when you named your son, you were going to have a ball full of trouble and a ball full of energy. Just guaranteed with that. Oh, name. yeah. Yeah. And he's he kicked fire. like crazy in the womb. Right. So um, and, and and so he's a great kid. I actually want to name him Cowboy because I wanted a cool, weird name. Um, and if you're named Cowboy out there, I'm sorry. Uh, but I love the name. Right. I think it's really awesome. And my wife is like, mm, you got to find something else. And so uh, anyway, we settled. I don't know where the name came from. We settled on it. And uh, if it if it's in good. So, yeah, that's pretty funny. Um my wife and I, you know, we got married a little bit later in life, right? So we were 30 when we got married. And, you know, we thought we had like some of those conversations out of the way, right? Um, and it's fascinating because it's a lot harder to get married at 20, in my opinion, right? Or younger, um, or even, you know, around that age, because I have a nephew who's going to get married in two months, and he's 20. And I think to make it through, um, to be married at that age and then with kids, right? It's, it's fascinating because that's a very difficult thing because there's just so much unknown. Oh yeah. Yeah. For for you guys, was it, was, was money a, a, a constant topic or is it just like in the beginning, was it just flat out survival? Uh, you know, I mean, it was a constant topic because it was survival. Uh, so I, uh, I tell everybody the way I, you know, I was raised like a blue collar paycheck, paycheck. And so, um, I started working right at 16 and got my first like big boy job, I guess at like 18 working at a plywood mill, um, of course. Right. And, um, I thought I was this hot shot, right. Was making good money. Went and bought a brand new car to impress this girl. I've already been dating for five years. Right. Should have known better. Um, and literally she's like, so we're getting married, you know, you want to marry me in a few years and you just go buy a brand new car. Like, cool. That's not how I was raised. Like her dad drove the same vehicle for 20 years, right? Her mom, you know, and so, um, and so it, it was a very much a, a big struggle uh, with us initially because I was used to kind of like, you know, just blowing and going uh, when we got married and uh, she's very much, you know, she likes safety and security. And so uh, we had a lot of conversations. We actually kept like a checkbook and I check like a check registry book uh for years and so they're really fun to go back and look through and we're tracking like 47 cent gum purchases right at the convenience store and it's like you know we lose 47 cents now you know in the HEB parking lot so um but yeah it was it was a lot of conversations about money it's funny how the dynamic you know goes you go like go through these phases in life like I think of the like the Will Smith movie uh Pursuit of Happiness right yeah. And he has like during that movie he has this is this phase of my life and this is this phase of my life and this is this phase of my life. And so, you know, I, I think of that as, as as you were, you know, growing with your wife from from a money standpoint. Right. It's always hard for my wife because I'm a I'm a flyer risk taker. Right. And and so we're sharing with all of you like a way for you guys to kind of it's kind of a cool self assessment tool. Right. To understand your own personality codes. But so basically that means like like the worst thing in the world for me is to have an argument about money. Right. Like I, and, and I, and I love to take risk, right. It's the funnest, yeah. most like, in, like, that's why I love business. Right. Cause for me, every next decision in business is the next, you know, 
next adventure. Right. Um, and so my wife always thought she was a, like a, what we call saver security seeker. Right. Yeah. And I said, there's no way that you're both of them. Cause there's no, you, no way you could be married to me. If, if that was both your personality, she ended up being a, like a security seeker, uh, risk taker. Right. Wow. Um, yeah. just because I, I told her, I was like being married to me, it'd be really hard not to be a risk taker, um, and not go completely bananas. So what was, what was your guys's when, when you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we do have pretty, pretty rough opposite dynamics. Um, I am a, uh, spender risk taker, right. Business. And I, I'm, I'm always jumping from, you know, this business to, Hey, there's an opportunity. Let's jump on it. Right. Uh, my wife is a, a saver security seeker. Um, so it took us a, a lot of conversations to figure out what really works and, and how we approach money in those conversations. It took me a while to, instead of having every idea I have, right, as a business owner, you're always looking at opportunities and, and seeing things. And I'd come home like, hey, look, we're going to start this business or we're going to jump on this. And, you know, a lot of it I hadn't really thought all the way through. And so uh, it took a while for me to figure out, okay, I need to approach her. <laughs> At this time, like once I've thought it out, once I kind of have a game plan, right, or, or whatever. Um, but yeah, we still have pretty routine conversations because our money dynamic, dynamics are clashing. But um, we've, we've worked it out pretty well so far. It must have been a lot of prayer for her during those. A lot of prayer. A lot, a lot of, prayer. of prayer. Yes. Yes. If you're not a prayer warrior, marry somebody with literally complete opposite dynamics of you. Yeah. And so, of course, as teenagers, we had no idea any of this, right? We we're just have, out having fun and, you know, had no idea. But, uh, oh, yeah, you put a ring on it and you'll, you'll see, like, hey, we actually we share the same checking account now. So, yeah, it's, it's been an interesting ride, but uh, fortunately, we're, we're very big on being on the same team. Uh, we tell people, once you're married, like we believe kind of in marriage for life kind of situations. And so, uh, you know, you're on the same team. And so even, even if you don't like the third baseman, you're still killing him to stop the ball, right? And so, um, and, and when it's time, time for the double play, you're, gonna, you're hoping that they're going to catch it. You're not purposely trying to hurt them or, you know, make them lose because if they lose, you lose. And that, that's a really big thing that we talk about a lot is, is you're on the same team. And, and we have to remind ourselves of that every now and then. So, yeah. you know, during life, I love like epiphanies, right? Like when you have those moments, those, those, those clear moments, obviously there's things that just kind of become a part of who you are. But I remember sitting in church and watching the pastor and his wife and they were talking about, you know, that life conversation, right? It's for life. Yeah. And they said, there's funny thing when you make a commitment or a decision that a marriage is for life, then at the end of the day, like the argument has to end, right? Because because yeah. it's for life, right? And if there was yeah. a way out, then the argument doesn't have to end. And and so that was, I remember sitting there the day, the day and like, you know, I think we were maybe engaged at that time, right? And it, But adopting that mindset, even though, you know, everybody says marriage is for life, unless you like own it, it's a little bit different. It, it, it's, it like a, it's, it's a really different different kind of feeling so yeah in, when, in, in those in those conversations you're always like well hey listen like can we can we go ahead and just stop being mad because i mean like it's we're gonna stop being mad at some point like can we just go ahead and get past that part and yeah but yeah we're, we're big on for life so anyways yeah cool cool yeah. you know i think i don't talk a lot about um on the podcast faith doesn't come up you know all the all the time in different things right but i think it's you know when it comes to marriage and it comes to the conversation about money and understanding, you know, I think one of the things that is very difficult for people is that relationship. And it's almost like the darkness of money. Right. And I think like over the years, I've seen people who don't have that healthy 
like a healthy, positive, like, obviously for me, it's easy. I'm a flyer. Right. So the healthy, positive relationship with money is kind of like automatic. I remember like my high school sweetheart, like I remember we we're getting ready to move to California. And I remember like, she's like, so like, you're going to get a job this summer. Or, like, are you going to, you know, put away money or different things? And I'm just kind of like, I got this. Like, I, it's easy for me. Right. It'll work out. Yeah. yeah. Well, some reason that relationship didn't work out. Right. Cause I <laughs> didn't understand money personality types for sure. Um, yeah. But, you know, talk about that a little bit, right. That, that, that part of money where, where people have that, like almost like that unhealthy version of it. Right. Yeah. You know, and we see that a lot. I mean, almost every day. And I tell people I really should go back to school and get like a, a counseling degree because uh, when we bring couples into the office, I tell them like you know we do we do financial planning, but when we're in a in a meeting with with a couple, it's almost always just straight counseling, right? Because mm-hmm. we're dealing with all these different money dynamics, um, and a lot of people put money on this pedestal um, of hey, as long you know if I had if I just made two dollars more an hour, right? Or if I you know if I'd married rich or you know and, and rich is relative, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we we kind of put on this pedestal if, if we can achieve that, right? If we can achieve that you know, $20,000 in the savings account or, you know, million dollars in the, in the, you know, IRA that, that we're going to be happy that everything's going to be great and wonderful. And it's, it's just not, uh, we, we kind of forget that it's a tool, you know, it's a, mm-hmm. it, money is, is a tool to be used. Um, and it's just a very small part of life. And so, um, that's a lot of what we talk about is, is to getting people to realize if you're not happy making the current amount you are right. And, and definitely you can strive for more and greater, but if you can't find yourself in how to be happy in, in your current circumstance, winning the lottery is not going to get it there. Right. It, it's going to, it's going to expose those even more. Um, and so uh, that, that, that is a very hard topic of, of really kind of give people that, that mindset because growing up, it's all about, I'm a millionaire. I'm a millionaire. I'm a millionaire. It's going to solve everything. And, and it doesn't. It's, it's funny that conversation that I'm going to be a millionaire. So my older brother has, he has seven kids and as kids, as we grew up, cause my parents, um, I ended up living on my own at 16. My parents uh, passed away in my dad when I was 18, my mom, when I was 20 and they're very unhealthy addicts and different things. And so as we grew up, you know, I was always saying like, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to work way, way up, work in a corporation. I'm going to work for a company. I'm going to be consistent, constant. I'm going to be secure right and my brother was always older brother was always like i'm gonna go conquer the world i'm gonna go be an entrepreneur and different things and then you know in our in our 20s i you know when i got done coaching baseball i never had a job right again for the rest of my life and my brother you know always had a corporate gig making you know decent money and and having a decent life and different things and now it, it only took me you know 12 years as a business owner and entrepreneur to finally get him to come on board and join Join, join nice. what we do and different things. Yeah. And, um, but it's one of the greatest gifts I could ever give, I think, is to give him, you know, that freedom, that freedom and stuff. But, you know, for me, you know, it's funny. We had the opposite, though, right, from what we always said we were going to be. Yeah. Growing up, growing up as kids. Did you see yourself as an entrepreneur growing up? You know, I, I didn't like, I, I thought kind of as I was, I mean, I thought I was be a professional baseball player. And then I grew up and, you know, didn't get over five, seven, five, eight, <clears throat> five, eight, um, with my cowboy boots on. Um, and just didn't work out right. I'm not very athletic. <laughs> Don't laugh. Sorry. My team's right here. Um, and so, um, and so that, that didn't really work out for me. Um, but no, I mean, growing up, I didn't think so. I, I really didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I knew I had big dreams. And so, um, I kind of took every job I had as like, I'm, 
every job I had, I was an owner in it, right? I, I took real big ownership, but I also got really bored really quickly. You know I mean? So I worked at uh, McDonald's and Slosky's and United, you know, UPS, right? What can Brown do for you? And every job I had, I, I took ownership, but, you know, these companies are major corporations. So when you bring an idea to the table, you know, it, it doesn't just get implemented. Um, and so it took a little while for me to find my entrepreneurial spirit or realize this is what I really wanted to do. Uh, but once I did, I, I looked back and realized, okay, well, yeah, I was that kid in fourth grade selling, you know, the, 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 the pencils, right. And going to Sam's and buying, you know, candy and reselling it out of my locker. Right. So like looking back, I can see a lot of the tendencies, but I really didn't know growing up really what I wanted to do. Um, I didn't really get really interested in money until I bought that car and realized I'm an idiot. <laughs> like I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I don't know what any of this stuff is. Um, and that really kind of got me on the path as far as um, investments and money management was growing really until I was almost 20 years old. So, yeah. I think I was kind of always that way too. I remember like as a kid, they, the fundraisers all the time. Right. And I remember, and um always careful when you say different things um, with the way the world is with cancel culture. Right. So yes. the little girls who would get their parents and they would sell every single time and win every single contest. I just got to a point in time where I just wanted to smash sales from what the little, as in, in elementary schools. I remember going door to door and selling right for a fundraiser. And uh, I remember my parents being so pissed as they went back to the school for the second full pickup truck load of, fundraiser stuff so that I could win Golly. that contest. Right. Yeah. And it was like, my, my dad had told me it was four miles from our house. I had gone, it continued to walk and continued to go every afternoon. Obviously when you're in elementary school, times are very different. They don't let kids oh, do that yeah. any, anymore. Um, but I think throughout life, right. And when I was coaching baseball, I remember university of San Francisco I suddenly started like event valet parking for special events. And then I ran a concession stand and then I started running private lessons and then like just all of these different entrepreneurial things all the, all of the time. But yeah, that boredom is, is, is crazy because that boredom can turn into like dysfunction. Right. I always say when like anything that you have a tendency, that's bad. Right. When you suddenly have money can turn into a an addiction. Right? Oh yeah. Big time. And, and yeah. like, um, like if you're a collector of something or no matter what it is, right. It could be a positive addiction too, but you know, it's just, it's, it's interesting as, as you grow and stuff baseball so generational right i talk about generational wealth a lot of times right yeah. but the one thing i'm trying to teach my wife is about generational baseball knowledge so <laughs> for with my my five-year-olds right so i'm trying to train them on a regular I'm really most of the time i'm just trying to have fun with them but because i tried to share with her like like we know like we're going to build generational wealth and try to give generational knowledge to our kids and but I try to tell her, like, I coached college baseball. I played college baseball. And she, you know, they never did really formalized sports in her family, right? So her concept of me taking the five-year-olds and, and doing baseball practice with them twice a week is is very weird and very, very, very foreign, foreign to her. Did you have, I've always think, like, in my business over the years, like, generations, right? Like, this was a generational leap or this was a generational gap or anything. Did you have much generational knowledge passed down entrepreneurially? Not entrepreneurially. Uh, my grandpa had his own little mechanic shop, um, but my parents, neither one really had their own business. My mom ran out like a home daycare for a little while, um, but they were really just big on, um, they, you know, they always work for other people, but uh, they were really big on keeping priority straight. 
right? And and we treat people the way we want to be treated, and we try to provide opportunities where we can, and um, you know, helping others. And that, that was really the the I learned a lot about just just helping others. And um, so you know, my dad was involved in a lot of different activities in our in our little community, and um, you know, it, it was it wasn't uncommon for my parents to to go and buy groceries for a family or to give them you know literally the shirt off their back, right? To to help out, um, and that kind of driving force of seeing all the good that came from my parents who could not afford me literally live paycheck to paycheck right um they, they couldn't afford it but yet their bills were always paid we always had food we were always taken care of um and it came from really you know it's better to give than to receive it and that's that's really what they passed on to us um and so once as i was getting older that really led me to more of hey you know there's there's more I did get on a path for a while, like money's king, like let's make money, right? And and do all of this. Um, but it quickly became, hey, this this isn't the way I want life to be. Um, and once I reverted back to, hey, it's better to give than to receive and to create opportunities for other people and uh, really be a light right in the world um, is when I started seeing um, probably the majority of our success. And so um, entrepreneurially, no, learned most of it just from meeting other people and, um, you know, talking with other business owners. Once I realized I, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, I would drive around town and look at billboards and call them and be like, hey, man, like, I want to start a business one day. Can I come, can I like, come buy you a cup of coffee or, you know, can I just come pile up and, and pick your brain? And so I did that a lot in my early 20s, late teens. Um, and that really kind of shaped a lot of what I do, right? And I met a wide variety of guys who some were, I thought top notch and some who are like, man, you really inherited this business because you're an idiot. <laughs> um, you know, and so, um, you know, I've, I've been really blessed to kind of learn from a lot of really good people. So, yeah. You know, like TV creates such a interesting view of like the entrepreneur, right? I don't know if you're if you ever watched billions or you ever watch Yellowstone, right? Yeah. Um, either one of those. I don't watch either of those or haven't. Um, but I mean, there's plenty of other, plenty of other shows that, that, yeah. Lots yeah. of times they, they'll, they'll like show, you know, battles and fights and wars and, and like the greed side of it, you know, and I think yeah. there's, I think that's just such a common mistake. Like I was driving in to the, to the office today and I was talking with one of our team members, right. And talking about the difference between like entrepreneurs who hate their employees, right. And entrepreneurs who love their employees, right. And the different, the different concepts. And I think that, 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 that fascinating dynamic, but I wonder, you know, as a person out there, like, is that, you know, a, a thought, right? Are you engaged in something where or you're a part of something where it's positive or is it, you know, something that is just exists, you know? And yeah. I, I think I have to be involved in something that is building, growing, impacting. Otherwise, like, like, like that, that cloud or that, that like that, that for me, when that cloud seeps in, it's laziness, right? Um, oh, yeah. Like if, 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 if it's not passion, then it turns into lazy, for me, I don't know. What is it for, what is it for you? Like when you're, when you're, when you're running and stuff and do you recognize it when it starts to come? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not gonna say I don't ever get burned out. Right. Um, but it, it is, I have to get away to the beach. Like, I don't know, mm -hmm. once a quarter, once every six months. So COVID really threw me for a loop. Right. Cause um, that's kind of my, my getaway is I love, I enjoy business, right. I enjoy a lot about business. Um, and we're very big on our culture here. So um, I always want to build a place of business where I would want to work, right. Where your voice is heard and where, you know, like my, one of my favorite quotes in the office or I, they're, they keep saying they need to get me a shirt that says it. They bring an idea. I'm just like, run with it. Right. Like run with it. Like, Hey, like, 
there's no red tape. Run with it. Let's just see what happens. Um, but yeah, my my big thing is I've got to get away to the beach every few months and just pile up and relax for a few days. Um, but even then, I'm on my computer working. But I have the ocean in front of me, which really just kind of helps, right? Um, but yeah, I, I get a, a tendency every now and then to just like try to zone out and be out of the office for a little while. But um, overall, I, I just I enjoy what I do, and we hire really good people, and I enjoy being around them. Um, and so, you know, they say, you know, you never work a day in your life if you're doing what you enjoy. And, and honestly, I, I just enjoy it. And even though we've gotten into a bunch of different businesses and industries, it's all stuff we, we enjoy. And if we get down, a little bit down the road and realize this isn't fun, like, eh, I don't care. Somebody else can make money with it. It's, it's just not fun for us. So, so we'll drop things like that. But overall, we, we really are, are pretty passionate about what we do. So, yeah. Well, man, what's something that like over the years, like as you look at, entrepreneurial business right that you had this view of what entrepreneurial life would be like right but now that you've lived an entrepreneurial life a decade later right and and like what is what is the biggest thing that like is different than what you thought it was going to be i mean i definitely always you know like the tv show may show you're the boss right you're the king what you say goes you know if you want to work work if you don't eh you know, whatever. Right. And work is really more of the social parties. Right. Um, and I didn't quite realize it until I was in it, in the muck of it that, Hey, I'm putting in, you know, 150 hours a week, right. Or whatever is humanly possible. Um, and that it just never stops. And I think that's, that's one of the big differences between like, uh, you know, myself as an entrepreneur and I have some friends who, you know, work, you know, other jobs is they don't realize like it, it just never stops. It, you know, even when, even when you're at home playing with the kids, whatever, in the back of your mind, you know, there's still all these families that are counting on you for a paycheck or, you know, these other investors who are counting on you. And so uh, there's always that, that stress that's always there. And, and that's why I tell some of the guys that I mentor is it's, it is great. There's a lot of lucrative rewards. You know, it's, it, I love being an entrepreneur. I wouldn't trade it, but at the same time, there, there is a, a risk and reward as far as it goes with, with kind of mental capacity of, you know, it's, it's just, it never shuts off. Um, and so, yeah. You know, for me, that's there's a weight, right, with the families yeah. that that I didn't understand when I thought about entrepreneurialism. But I think this year with COVID, the weight of families, right, was more real to me than, than I think it maybe ever has been. You know, I just, you know, understanding, like we had, we had, we had a, we had a, a wave come through our offices, right. Our, our, with our, with our team and stuff. And it was literally just like one meeting, right. Where, where it happened to be someone happened to have it. And, and it just, you know, we, we ended up with, I think total of throughout the company, like six people that had it. And, and so then I started thinking about their kids and their kids and, you know, and their kids got it, you know, and, and it was, you know, thank God we, we made it through without any major, you know, lifelong, you know, challenges from it. But like the weight of that was, pretty serious. And then, you know, I was during Christmas time, you know, this last, you know, last year I was thinking, you know, like, man, I want to give the best bonuses in the history of our business. It was like a mission for me to get the best, you know, bonuses out to our team and our people that we've, you know, had ever yeah. been able to get out and stuff, but like, yeah, it's kind of a different, it's an interesting weight when you, when you pay attention to it. Right. when you're not paying attention to it, it's still there, but suddenly like COVID for me made it, made it a little bit more, more real for me, like with you with COVID this year, like what is, you know, what are things that have, that have come up? Yes. I mean, you know, a lot of that, that weight is, is definitely prevalent. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And so COVID itself, our business, I kind of, when I got into business, so 
I'll kick back a little bit. When I was in my early 20s, I sat down one day and I was like, man, why am I even working? Like, like what, what am I working toward? What I really want out of life, right? And before I even started the entrepreneurial journey. And so, um, you know, one of my goals was I want to be able to travel pretty extensively, extensively with my family, right? Um, and so from the very get-go, every, every employee always got a laptop and an internet-based phone, right? So like, it doesn't matter what it may happen. And so when COVID hit last March, I told everybody, hey, last, like, make sure you take your, your laptop and your monitor home, right? And hopefully we'll see you Monday. But if not, like, we'll see you when we see you. Um, Six months. <laughs> yeah. And so luckily we were in a pretty good situation to where, you know, people didn't really lose time. We had one employee mm-hmm. who had spotty internet at home. And, um, but other than that, everybody just kind of picked back up, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Monday morning, we, we didn't lose a whole lot of time and kind of really worked through. Um, you know, we've had some employees with COVID and it's, it's made its way through our offices from time to time. We have some right now, some of our leadership team have it. Um, but you know, for us that, that way of employee care, right. Really does kick home. And just, just like a month and a half ago, we had a really huge ice storm here in Texas and we have 200 and something employees spread across the state and it affected all of them. I mean, we had our business shut down overnight for a week um, as people lost electricity, they lost water, you know, and, and the business man side of me is like, listen, I'm paying you. Like I need, I need them hours. Right. And, and then the human side of me is like, man, these people are struggling. You know, we had, we had roofs falling in and, and people with ceilings caving in because of water leaks. And um, you know, some of life and death type situations where they're spending three days in 20 degree houses, right. And water's freezing in their toilets. And, and you know, the business side of me is like, Hey, I, but we still have a business to operate, right? We still got to answer the phones. We have this. Um, and at the end of the day, we just decided as, as uh, you know, leadership was like, hey, you know, I don't want people having to also worry about finances. So listen, we're paying everybody for the full week. If you can help them with phones, great. If not, like just take care of you and your family. Um, and that's, you know, it's, that's those are hard decisions as a business owner because you sit there and look at, you know, rate of return and all the other things that go into that. But um, at the end of the day, you know, we're here, we're here for families. We're, we're here to make family stronger. And uh, at some time you got, you have to lead by example. And, and that to me is, is really big. I, I tell everybody one of our mottos is set the example. Um, you know, I can't preach people first if we're not putting people first. So, yeah. yeah it was interesting. Like when, like our, there's a lot of our uh, marketing and advertising team that went down was not, not, not completely just them, but, but a good, good portion of it that went down with it and it was kind of like i trying to figure out when can i ask them to push again right when can i ask them to perform right and i want to yeah. be like i want to be understanding and i want to be compassionate about what they've been through or what their families are going through right but like as an entrepreneur as a business owner you never stop like i literally could be like on my deathbed and i'm going to be thinking about like what the next campaign is or what the next investment is or what the next you know, we, cause we went through, you know, we have a good portfolio in, in Texas. And so we went through a lot of ice, yeah, a lot of broken pipes and a lot, a lot of different things. Right. Um, and, and so, but at the same time, it's just kind of like finding that, 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 that understanding balance and then, and then the ability to push at the same time. I mean, the great yeah. part though, is when you're, I find with, with my, with my people, like when you're loyal to them and you're, you're providing to them. Right. And you, and, and you, and you, and you got their back the way you should, with the people that, that, that work for you, I find that when the weird happens, right. That, that, or the awkward happens. Cause that, that's literally an awkward conversation, right? It's, it's yeah. almost uh, sometimes even like when people ask for raises, right. 
it's it's like like I want to be able to give to them and I want to have, be able to have a positive conversation. But it, and sometimes that's not just giving exactly what they want, right? Yeah. And so it's like those awkward you know moments of, of figuring out as an entrepreneur how to navigate through through those through those pieces. Pieces. Yeah, and there's and there's nobody there to tell you. Like there's there's no just hey man hey can I can I you know can I can I get the information from you? Like no, it's the answer lies with you. And so yeah, yeah it's funny. I I used to have a business partner for years that could have none of those conversations. So hmm. he, he literally couldn't engage in a single like it just he it was it was it was it was rough rough really rough for him for, oh, yeah. for years. I remember we went through uh one of the most difficult days of my life was. Um, we ran as a consulting firm for year for years years and years um, before we did our own education and our own training and those kind of things and so we had a big client that um, let us go. They hired a new CEO on a Monday and on a Tuesday, he let go of us as a consulting firm. But we had 22 employees that worked on their account and the things that did for them. And so the next day, I let go of 22 people, and oh. and that was one of the most difficult days of my life. And I remember he literally didn't come into work. For like a week like he just couldn't even yeah for him those are that's but that's that weight that's that that's that part of the, the entrepreneurial that entrepreneurial journey is you have to be able to willing to engage in the, those both i think a lot of people don't see that that tough side of it you know if they've never walked into the unknown i always say as an entrepreneur one of the most important abilities is to be able to walk into the unknown yeah. right and, and and step past past that threshold of 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 what's norm or what's comfortable or what's known in order to, and to grow. Um, when you guys decided to take on the money couple, right. And, and, you know, you've been, you've run businesses and you've run successful businesses, right. But running an info thought leadership business is very different. I've been, I've done it my whole adult life or consulted those types of companies, my whole adult life. So I'm kind of like, this is what I grew up in. So I'm fascinated is what did you think, you know, you were, you were taking on when you, when you, when you, decided that the money couple is something we want to be responsible to the world. Yeah. For. Uh, you know, so we have ran several businesses and, and like I said, in our finance, our investment firm, uh, a lot of it is counseling and, and talking with couples and, you know, a lot of marriage counseling basically within the, um, financial planning process. Um, and so uh, we have been followers of Scott and Bethany and the money couple for, a, for a while. Um, and saw they, you know, they put out a lot of great content, a lot of good stuff, but it was, it was definitely more, you know, sometimes it would be really heavy and then other times it wouldn't be, you know. And so um, when the opportunity came for us to have a conversation with them about, you know, potentially acquiring the brand and, and all of everything that goes with it, um, it was one of those of, hey, you know, I sat down to my wife and my wife's much more, she's kind of introverted. We're much more introverted than I am. Like, I'm, I'm very much an extrovert. I can talk anytime. Um, and uh, it, was, it was really a conversation of, hey, how, how can we do this, right? So um, if, if we're going to buy this brand, we're going to invest in it and, and, you know, we're doing it because we believe in the long-term benefits of happier, healthier, stronger families, like this can't be just a part-time thing, right? It can't be something that we just, it's not a rent house, right? Um, that we can kind of invest in or a stock, right? That we can invest in, just kind of leave it. Um, this has to be done. And so uh, we sat down before we were bought it and was like, all right, we, we're going to need a team, right? Who's focused on it and who can, who can really dive deep and so uh, we had a couple people on our on our current staff and then we ended up bringing in another person who that was their job day to day was really to make sure that we are utilizing those resources to the best of our ability um, getting them out to the world um, in the most efficient manner and so uh, we've been really excited so far we've, we've been the money couple for uh, roughly six months and we took the first few months and kind of rebranded
expanded a lot of things. Um, and we ran into some technology issues um, at the beginning of the year with the ice storm and some other stuff threw stuff off. Uh, but we're, we're really excited, rolling out a lot of great resources, expanding a ton of on the kid side. Um, obviously, my healthcare company deals with kids, and then um, I'm, I'm one of nine in my family, so kids are always a big thing for us, right? Um, and so, you know, I, I'm a big believer if you can teach them young, right, as they grow up, they're they're going to remember those principles. Um, and so if I can teach that kid, you know, that wants to be an entrepreneur or one day get married or whatever else, that money's not the answer for everything, right? And, and if you don't understand it, it can be a great thing. Um, then hopefully we're, we're catching them on the front end. Um, so we're doing a lot of that. Um and then through the financial practice, we've learned a lot about financial infidelity, where, you know, one spouse is keeping information from the other. Um, so that's a really big push we're doing as well. But, um, you know, we're, we're very excited about the potential for the for the brand itself, the five love language, I mean, the five love language, five money personalities um, and um, the money couple as a whole. So, yeah. But it's such a natural progression, right? For somebody who understands the five love languages, right? It to, is. To progress yeah. into the five money personality types, right? Yep. It's, it's really... Um, it, 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 it's easy, right? When yeah. you, when you think of that, that progression, cause I, I, I remember I read the five love languages actually first in a sales training really um, back, back in probably maybe 2005. Right. Yeah. Um, right. When I was first starting my journey, somebody recommended a couple books for me as an entrepreneur to read. And they actually recommended the five language. You're going to just five love languages. One of those, one of those books to read as an entrepreneur for understanding your team and understanding yeah. people and, and growing people and those kind of things. It's not a typical um, entrepreneurial yeah. book, right? But, it, no, I mean, but it's, I, it's good. I, it's very applicable. Yeah. I, re I rely on it though. And in, in, yeah. in many ways. Um, so with the money couple, right, what's your vision for it? Yeah. So our, really our vision is really um, honestly just create thriving marriages, right? So um, over 50% of divorces end or marriages end in divorce because of money, right? They cite money in the vast majority of those. Um, and so if we can get to the heart of that and, and catch people say, hey, listen, you don't always have to fight about money, right? And and as you can get on the same page about that, um, and then we lead into some other marriage-related topics, right? So the five love languages and um, really being on the same team and everything else. So our goal long-term is really to be a, a full marriage and family resource um, overall. So we have a guy coming on board with us who's a licensed family and marriage counselor, um, who's going to be help providing a lot of the psychological side of it as well. Um, and so that's really our goal long term is, is to provide some really great resources um, and that you kind of grow with as a family activities for families, activities for couples, um, and really just try to create thriving, happy marriages. Uh, my wife and I teach a newlywed class at our church on Wednesday nights. And so we deal with this firsthand, you know, these, these people who are freshly married, you know, married less than five or six years. Um, and so, you know, we're, we see a lot of these same struggles that they may, they may get. And I tell them like, listen, uh, everybody now that gets married wants to move into the same house that they Hey, Taylor, Taylor, your, your mic um, disappeared. I mean, I can hear you, but it's almost really quiet. We can just, we'll just, our, my guys will just cut and we'll go right back in, but. Okay. Oh, you're good now. You're good now. Good now? Yeah. Maybe yeah. I was moving my hands. I was getting excited. So maybe that was throwing my, throwing it off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so long-term vision for the money couple is, is really to be a marriage resource across the board. Uh, yeah. For whole families, create thriving, happy, successful marriages. Um, and whether that starts, you know, in the money situation or, you know, money is just a, a factor in it. 
Um, that's really our goal is, is to, to provide really good resources uh, for couples. We want happy couples. So, yeah. It's fascinating as an as a, as a, as a entrepreneur, right? So many of the marriage things that I've been through, right? Become fundamental principles in, in my business. So like boundaries yeah. of marriage is like definitely a book, right? That I read um, that, that made like, I'm constantly with boundaries in the business in, in mm-hmm. different ways. Right. And uh, so I, I find like, there's different things like, uh, what, I'm trying to think of the name of the authors, uh, Henry Cloud. Um, I think it's Charles Townsend. Maybe I got the names wrong, but they do like making small, small groups. Right. Yeah. With, and, and, um, and that's been like a cornerstone of like how I run my business and, and, and different things. Um, what are some other things like for me, um, the four agreements, right. Is a great book. Um, it's a little alternative. Um, but at the same time, it's a great book for me is like fundamental principles. What are some different things for you? Like when you think about guiding principles, um, I mean, I hope the Bible, you know, obviously is one of them for you, right. You lead groups in church, but you know, what are, what are some of the, the, the foundation for you? Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of ours, a lot of it goes back to the Bible, right? So I, I preach everybody needs to read the book of Ecclesiastes, the book of James, the book of Proverbs and the Bible, because they're really just easy and foundational. Um, and then, you know, there's other books that I recommend to everybody, like the, um, the Richest Man in Babylon, right? It's a, it's a great book. It's pretty easy to read, but there's so many great key points in there that, yes, it's talking about financial, but really it's, it's life, right, altering. Um, and then uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is one of those as well that kind of opens up the entrepreneurial side of things, of the opportunities that exist. Um, but, you know, talking about boundaries in marriage, that's a big one for us that we've, we've carried forward into our business. And so, uh, like the vast majority of people that work in our office are all females, right? And so, like, even this morning, I had a meeting across town that our, our accountant needed to go to as well. She's a female, and it just makes sense that her and I would ride in the same car and go over there, right? But because we've set these boundaries in our marriage, I, I don't ever want my wife to, to think, hey, like, Hey, you're just cruising around town with another woman, right? Um, and so, you know, we've made it a purpose of we always have, you know, at least two people of the opposite sex, you know, with us at all times, or not all times, right? But if we're if we're alone in a car, um, and and really, you know, we, we've taken a lot of stuff from those, um, a lot of parenting books, you know, of saying, hey, this is how we can interact with kids. Even go back to the five love languages. Um, if I know what's driving and motivating that employee is really really key. Um, I'm an audiobook fiend. And so when I was like 19, I started listening to audiobooks, went through almost all the CD books at my library. Um, and then went to the town next door and got a library card there and almost went through all their CDs. Um, and so I've listened to probably an audiobook a week for, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 years. And so authors get a little hazy, uh, books even get a little hazy, but, um, I just try to consume as many of them as I can. And, um, you know, there's, there's been a lot of really good knowledge that comes from it. And I, I'm a big, audio, like I said, big audio book fiend, but I, I preach it to everybody. Like it's a great way to learn on the go. Right. So in the car, at the GM, mowing the yard, whatever it is. Um, and there's just a lot of really good principles, like from John Maxwell and some of his books. And, um, yeah, well, yeah I don't know. There's a lot of good stuff out there. I, I remember I, uh, I was uh, spending uh, time with the wealthiest, smartest men I knew in my 20s, right? And I had asked him that that question in Richest Men in Babylon, Four Agreements. Those were those were some of the books that he had, and he didn't have a, a faith-based background, right? So a lot of his stuff wasn't faith-based. And But I remember in Richest Men in Babylon with, you know, taking your money and putting it in buckets and having your money in, in different buckets and, and different ways to do it like for me it was exciting as a risk taker because it meant I actually get a risk taker bucket. Right. And so yeah, now I know exactly right. how much I can go take risk with and exactly how much I can go have adventure with. So it, it, it's pretty, pretty interesting um, yeah. for, for me, for me as a person, 
um, you know, with the money couple, right? It's such a gift to be able to help people through what I think is the most difficult conversations, the most difficult, you know, relationship, right? I know myself, you know, I've, I've owned my own businesses for, for, you know, close, close to 15, 16 years now. And, but I still feel, you know, even when I engage in a conversation with a team member, right. About money and finances, right. It, there's, there's, there's some piece of awkwardness with that, even with my wife, right. The other day, like I was, my wife and I were talking, I'm trying to remember what it was, but we're, I'm buying a swimmer, you know, like, you know, like, it's like kind of like a hot tub, but it's like a, but it's a yeah. swimmer. It has the jets and everything. Right. And by, buying a swimmer, we're, we're having, you know, having that put in and different things. Right. And like, before we put that in, she wants to have like trees trimmed at the house and different things. Right. And, you know, she got a quote, you know, I think for $700 for it, you know, and, and um, you know, I, with our business being houses, right. I've probably have had 200 quotes on trimming trees in the last, last, last year. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty good, decent price. But my wife being a, you know, security secret, that part of her, but even just her money background. Right. And even though Saver's not one of her top two, it's definitely in there. And she's like, no, I want to get two more quotes and, and different things. And I'm just like, you know, trying to figure out even in that conversation, like the time in my mind, there's time wasted. Right. So yeah. Like for me, everything's, I, I equate math in my head. Non-stop. Time value of money. Yeah. 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 And so in my, my mind like is a nonstop, like uh, I was watching the Elon Musk podcast right and he's talking about the fireworks right and his mind is constant fireworks my mind's constant math like it never stops stops rotating on on almost everything that's going on all the time and i'm like the amount of time you're going to take to figure out the next quotes equates to this and am i and you know and i'm just using in my mind what is logic and, and in her mind it is simply the right way to do it yeah you know and and so you know the right way to do it versus what i think is logic is to even with our educated, you know, money personalities and our educated love languages and, and everything else. Right. And I just learned to surrender sometimes. Right. And, and in those, in those situations to, to her. You, you have to, yeah, you have to every now and then. Yeah. You got, you got to pick your battles. Yeah. Yeah. For, for sure. So, you know, for you and your wife, what are, what is something that, that, you know, comes up a lot more, yeah. more than other things? Yeah. I mean, it might even be funny. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, financially, uh, like I said, we have very different money dynamics, right? Opposite dynamics as far as that goes. And so, um, you know, we've had to really work on uh, figuring out, like, I, it took me a while to figure out, okay, if, as long as I have X number of dollars in the checking account and X number of dollars in an investment account that she can see, right? Like she can, she has access to everything, but that really, you know, show up. She's happy, right? She feels safe. She feels secure. And, you know, it doesn't matter about all the, you know, whatever other money over here, as long as she she can see that, um, and so once we figured that out, that was great. Because at first, you know, we had all just kind of these one or two accounts, and she could see everything, and she'd see I'd go spend you know X number of dollars on a new business or a new opportunity, you know, that I thought was going to do something. Um, and so it took a little while to work through some of that. And so even now, you know, I come home like just before we got on here. Uh, there's a building in town that that's an older building, it used to be a post office. It's fifteen thousand square feet, and I'm like. Hey, I think we need to buy it, remodel the whole thing, make it our office. We can put a gym in there with a basketball court. Like, I, you know, I'm all this kind of stuff. And she's just like, or 
or um yeah and so um you know there's we bring a definitely bring different money dynamics to the table um and a lot of those conversations of logic versus maybe you know the way she thinks it should be done versus the way i think it should be done um, and a lot well, of the way our, I think it should be done is always logic, right? And it then, is. It's always the most efficient. It's it's done, right? Like I don't understand why you're arguing with me on this. Like I know what I'm talking about. Um, like our big one is is the dishwasher, and so um, like I I'm big on like I like the dishes just a certain way in the dishwasher because it makes sense that you know the thing twirls and you know it hits water just exactly where it is, and she's just like. Ah, you got off the table, just throw it in there. Right. Just throw, throw it in there. And it's why not that bad, but that's the way it looks to me. Um, and so that's probably our number one little disagreement. And so we've, we've kind of come to the agreement like, hey, all right, I'm going to do the dishes. I'm always going to do the dishwasher because if not, I'm going to think they're always dirty. Um, and she knows if even if she does it, I'm probably going to come back and fix it when she's not looking. Um, but yeah, we, we yeah, work well no together. There's no there at all. No, not at all. I'm normal, right? I'm the normal one. So, I don't know, yeah, yeah. Uh, even think like we've been together over 20 years, right? Like we would have some of this stuff worked out. Um, and you know, if you're, um, yeah, we're the money couple. We're perfect, right? There's, there's no no arguments here about money. We're great. So, yeah. It's funny. My wife and I. One of the tools that we tried, to, like, well, my wife was the household CFO, right, in the beginning, right? So I just basically handed her all the money, right? And and yeah, you know, and you know, we grew and we started to have savings, and then you know, we bought a house and, you know, so, some different things that went really well. Right. And then there were certain things I started to want. Right. And, and, you know, I was like, you know, I'm successful, you know, we make good money, you know, and there's just lifestyle things yeah. that, that I want, you know, and it's fascinating because it was like, but there's none of my own money. Right. And so, in the, yeah. so there was a time where we said like, well, let's just take, you know, outside of our, you know, core family money, let's take, certain amount of money and, and allocate it to each of us, you know, to just spend on whatever we want. So we don't have yeah. to engage in that, that other conversation. Right. But that was very difficult for me because in my mind, if I want something, I'll just go make more money. Right. Yeah. I'll just like, that was the flyer part oh, of yeah. me. It's like, if I want something, I'll make more money. I'll figure out a way to make more money. I'll figure out that acquire so that you're going to give me a budget was almost offensive to me in some ways. Right. Because I'm a you know provider and my wife's, very involved in the business, you know, and, and so, you know, she's a provider as well, but at the same time, I was just like, yeah, like that, that was, there was like, that was, and later in life, maybe this maybe like three years ago, right. I started to look at things and I, that was like a grind we had to figure out, figure out, which was, was, was very, 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 there was a few moments in there that were, that, that we needed time away from the kids to figure that conversation. Oh out. yeah. Yeah, no doubt. We, we kind of have the same thing with our, our various businesses, you know, I kind of, I'm not saying if you're the IRS listening, I do not use the business as my playground uh, fun account. Um, but we do end up acquiring toys, more toys through the business than my personal account yeah. because my wife is a safer security seeker. Right. And so uh, I really would wanting a little drone that I could fly around my neighborhood, you know, and video our kids and stuff. And so um, I was like, man, I fight, you know, that doesn't make sense from a saber security seeker standpoint, but if I buy it for the business and we can use it elsewhere as a training, ah, right, great, right? And so, um, yeah, we've, we've, we figured out a little bit how to work through some of those. But I had one of those moments where it was a Valentine's Day, and I think it was maybe my first year of marriage. Um, so we've been married 11 years now, not nearly as long as you guys, high school sweethearts, but, yeah. but uh, it was that first year of marriage and my, my business partner and I were at um, – uh, I want to, I want to say it was like K jewelers or something like that. Right. And I'm 
buying her something for Valentine's Day. And I know earlier in that day, I'd made a, like a $10,000 decision on marketing, right? Just this, like quick, you're like, all right, yeah, yeah. let's go ahead and do it. No, no big deal. And I'm at K Jewelers and it's like a three or four or $500 piece of jewelry. And I'm just like, like, do I really want to spend that much money on Valentine's Day and different things? And I had this epiphany. I'm like, what kind of <laughs> what kind of jackasses are we, right? That like, we're, like this is a difficult conversation. Uh, and, and these are yeah. pretty weekly business conversations I have to make oh, know, yeah. on a regular basis. So yeah, it's just pretty, pretty funny how you go through those, those jumbles over, over the years in different ways. It, we made it, you know, through, through a solid, solid hour. So I want to make sure that, that people that are on and they're watching, I want to make sure they have tools, right? Okay. We, we've shared a lot of great things. If, if people are really taking notes, there's some really incredible pieces for people to take away. Yeah. But I know you have some tools that, that you can give people. Um, and I've, you, you know, used them for many, many years myself. And so when I, you know, started doing podcasts, I really wanted to share with people the tools that have made me successful and, 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 and can help help others in so many different ways. So do you want to share, and we'll put it in the description and, and different things so people can easily click on them and stuff, but just kind of share like some of the tools and things you want to share with, with people, Taylor, because I think if they don't have them, they can't take some of what we've shared today and put it in their daily life. And the Definitely. stuff that you have to share is daily life stuff. So go ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah. So probably our number one tool is the the five money personalities assessment, right? So it's found at themoneycouple.com. It's really easy to, to click on and go through it. I mean, most people can, can complete it in three to five minutes. Um, and it's just a series of questions that are really designed to tell you how you think about money, right? And how you feel about it. And it's, it's part of your DNA, basically. Um, and so, you know, we really encourage every couple for the husband and wife to go take that assessment. Um, it, it, it is a world of good. Uh, the results page actually are, is tailored to you based upon your money personalities and your combination of money personalities. Um, and then from there, we lead into several other things. So we have, uh, I think we have three books rolling out uh, within the next month, right? So we've revamped the five money personalities book. Uh, we have a workbook coming out with it and a course that people can take to kind of get that foundation of really uh, the money relationship, right? Um, and then that will lead into our, our next course, which is really... Um, really how to manage money so it gets into the budgeting and and it, you know how to really get yourself financially in the right spot but we, we really believe it's core to know how you feel about money before you get into trying to manage money right uh and so um we also have the financial infidelity assessment um so it can be financialinfidelity.com which also goes to the money couple um but it, it really helps you figure out hey am i being open and honest with my spouse right about money and, and so you know if i I, even I, when I take it, I'm like, oh yeah, do I, do, do I, am I really honest about why I bought that drone, right? Or, um, you know, what what maybe am I hiding? Um, and then we're we're developing uh, game plans, right, or life paths from those based upon your score. So, you know, if you scored a zero out of a hundred, we got we got a lot of work to do, right? And so again, we have a family licensed uh, therapist who's going to be um, helping create those courses and and those resources, really. And and they're all on our web. Half of them are on our website now. We're releasing more almost on a daily basis. Um, and so that really helps people. If you know your money personality, then you know really how your money relationship or, or financial fidelity level is. You can really start a good game plan moving forward as a couple. Um, and then if you have kids, uh, we have the money kids uh, that we're rolling out right now. And we have we've given every money personality their own little figure. And so we've got uh, Security Steve and and uh, Spender Sophie. Uh, no, Spender 
Sophie Spender. Sorry, I know I had those flip around. Um, and they're they're just really cute. They're they're designed for kids, right? Um, to kind of give them a um, you know, a visual of what that what that kid is. And um, we we have we have coloring sheets and we're rolling out uh, weekly plans for families. So uh, we're super. I'm very excited about this. Where um, you know, you would get an email or something in the mail every week that you and your family can kind of go through as a family that teaches you more about money and money personalities and then budgeting and everything else. Um, and so we're, those will be rolling out very, very soon. So I'm excited about those. Um, that's, that's one that we're developing in conjunction with like our kids. We have, we have a, a private tutor for our kids who who's in school for years, um, who's creating those. Um, and we're testing them with our own kids right first um, to make sure they're fun and exciting. And, and it's not something where parents have to go study for three hours, right? It's, it's uh, I don't know if you've done any of like, the meal home delivery kits, but it's like that, right? You open it up, here's the instructions and you guys go and, and there's activities and everything else. Um, and so just, there's just a ton of resources at themoneycouple.com. And then we also have our Facebook group, uh, which is a closed Facebook group, but anybody can join it. Um, where we're, we're giving real life tips and tricks and, and you can interact with other couples who are on the same journey as you are. Um, and so there's, there's a ton of opportunities like that in order to, to get those resources you know, into, into your hands and, and run with them. And, and honestly, our goal is to help other people become their own money couple. Right. So, so the long-term vision is hey, you're the money couple of, you know, Nacogdoches, Texas, or you're the money couple of your neighborhood or of your church um, and kind of setting that standard moving forward. And so uh, that, that's, that's really our long-term vision. And we're, we're excited about it. I mean, there's, I, I wish I could tell you, I wish I could show it all to you right now because it's, it's awesome, but um, we're literally releasing new things on the moneycouple.com every day. So yeah, definitely check them out. That's awesome, man. Well, congratulations on, on such a great journey and, and, it's such a powerful message you guys have to share share with people and you know being a, a thought leader myself and 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 sharing you know investment knowledge and investment ideas and investment concepts and, and techniques with people you know i think the interesting part is is people so often go and seek like the the vehicle right they want to whether it's real estate or stocks or you know starting a business or a franchise or something else right but they don't have a foundation of understanding of money and understanding of of what it takes to to be solid and yeah. so what happens when they start a business or they start growing a business um those things that leak or those those holes that they have really stand in their way of being successful more than they would realize and you know for them in their minds lots of times it's marketing and sales or it's you know customer base or different things but you know it's funny how much money allocation or, or how money is used you know as a part of of that growth and the balance and the equilibrium in order to take a business to the level it needs to go to, you know, is, is, is fundamental. I think, you know, last thing I think is people out there and, you know, as we do these podcasts, right. People are going to see clips, right. They see lots, lots of clips and that's, you know, what people probably see more clips than they ever watch a whole podcast. Right. Oh yeah. Um, with what's going on in the world today. Right. Um, you know, we um, started our survivalist project, you know, we bought a, a, a an income producing farm as a part of our, investment fund, which is really cool yeah. um, and, and doing really well for us. You know, we made that adjustment based on things that are going on, you know, you know, in the world for you, you know, what do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on, you know, all the things going on in the world and, you know, why Californians are moving to Texas and, and they just need to keep voting the way Texans vote, but you know, that would be ideal. Yeah. Please tell ideal. them, right. Please sure. tell them vote the way Texans do. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I, you know, I think, um, you know, if you open your eyes and you actually watch the news and you look, you know, you know, there's a shift, occurring um and no one knows right if it's a 
end of the world scenario, right? Or, or what that's going to look like, but we can definitely, you know, we can say without a doubt five years from now, the world's going to look very differently probably than it does not, or does right now, either via currency or anything else. Um, so I used to have back when, um, you know, cell phones were really coming out a few years ago, uh, we used to preach the 3G plan in our investment uh, firm, right? God, guns, and gold, right? If you got those three, you're good. You're set. Um, and so it doesn't, I haven't figured out the 5G plan yet. I'm still working on what goes on the other two. Um, and it worked really good then. Now it's just kind of corny, but I still use it, obviously. Um, and so, no, you know, we're big believers in investing uh, really in what you know and where your heart is. Um, and so, you know, just like you guys, you know, buying a, a working farm, right, as part of that long-term just in case, right? Um, I always tell people, you know, don't don't put 100% of your money in that stuff, right? I mean, because uh, you don't know. Uh, same thing with Bitcoin. Yeah, it's, it's made money, but in the, the day, like, I'm not going to put 100% of my money into Bitcoin. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. It'd be insanity. Uh, yeah. yeah, it'd be insanity. And so, you know, use a use a small percentage of that, uh, you know, of your there, income or whatever that is. There are, there are times, though, when Bitcoins I sold from about six or seven years ago, I kind of disappointed that i sold those bitcoins six or seven oh, yeah. years ago with the current value. yeah i mean look you know hindsight's 2020 20, i wish i would have put it in you know everything. Man, i'm glad for the money i made six or seven years ago when i sold them but you know yeah the, you know i'd still like to own those though now today but oh yeah it's a different story um but i, I think a lot of people now you know I, I preach people hey use the resources that are available on the internet chock full of resources that are out there that can that can really give you a lot of great information um, you know, even for us with the, with the five money personalities, like I use it for in our interviews now. So if we bring anybody in a leadership position, I want to know what their five money personalities, what their money personalities mm -hmm. are, because, you know, in a COO type role, you know, I may want somebody who, who's a little bit of a risk taker, my CEO role, but my CFO role, I want you to be a savers, you know, like we need a pretty good mix. And so, um, I think using those resources and, um, just staying abreast of, of latest news and, you know, just not it's easy to buy into the latest fad. And um, I think if you just keep your head on straight and think through things logically, I think you're going to be good. So, yeah. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you sharing today, Taylor. Um, yeah. Any, any last things, you know, you'd love to share with people that you think are great. I mean, I, I people go to the moneycouple.com, right? It's a resource my wife and I've used um, for years and years. I think it's fun uh, yeah. assessment tool. I've shared the money couple with my tribe for probably close to close to, I want to say seven or eight years, um, Thank you. say at least six or seven years, you know, awesome. and um, you know, Scott and Bethany had, you know, spoke at some of our trainings and different things over the years, which is cool and a uh, great couple. And, you know, they were, they were, they were so passionate about other things that, you know, I'm very excited that someone whose full passion is, is, is all in on the money couple, right. Is, is, it's going to grow this to the message out to the, you know, the, the nation that it, that it needs to. So, yeah. um, but anything else you want to share? Uh, you know, I me, mean, honestly, I, uh, for us, it just goes back. If you're married and you want to have a great marriage, it's your choice, right? No one can make you happy except for yourself. And so I uh, choose happiness, right? Choose to have a happy marriage and don't, don't be embarrassed about going to marriage counseling. Don't be embarrassed about finding resources and sharing those resources, right? Uh, my wife and I, uh, you know, knock on wood, I think we have a really great relationship, but we still go to a, you know, marriage retreat every other year or so and, 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 you know, read books together. And I mean, we're the money couple and we still read financial books together. I mean, we're, we're always trying to learn together. Um, and we're, we're not embarrassed to say, Hey, we're on the same team. Right. I'm not going to go talk negatively about my spouse somewhere else. It, it's her and I versus the world. And, and honestly, it all to me, it all kind of comes down to um, it, my wife has a favorite quote that is basically. Um, oh, don't uh, screw it up. 
Well, I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going blank on this. Comparison is the thief of joy. You're going to have to cut that part out, right? Give, give me that, right? So my wife's favorite quote is really comparison is the thief of joy. And I think that's that's really important, right? We look at social media and we look at the, you know, Instagram all day and nobody's posting their failures, right? It's always the the glorious parts. Um, and so comparison is the thief of joy. If, if the stuff doesn't make you happy, if it's not making you happy looking at those Instagram pictures, unfollow them, right? Like yeah. no, no one's making you follow those people or, or, you know, be part of it. And so, um, choose happiness and, uh, treat others people the way you want to be treated. And you know, it turns out it makes for a pretty good life. Well, I always think, uh, my wife and I've always done counseling of some form, right. In, in our yeah. marriage, but I'm trying to get my father-in-law to go to marriage counseling with me right now. So, you know, that's a whole nother conversation for another time, but, but, uh, I, wanna, I don't want to hear how that goes. Yeah. Let me know. I'd like to hear how that goes. Yeah. That yeah. one goes. Yeah. I always tell my wife, I said, you know what? Compared to my where my parents would have been if they hadn't passed away, I said, your parents are truly, truly a blessing. So <laughs> I said, but you, you'll never know what it's like to deal with in-laws. So, so I always- Oh, yeah. there you go. <laughs> that's funny. All right, brother. Well, um, right. that's it for today. Um, we'll, we'll cut up a great podcast. Um, we'll send you guys, you know, clips and different things. And, yeah. and uh, um, but it was fun, man. Fun. It was, man. I'd love to stay in touch, man. Next time you're in Houston, yeah. give me a shot. I'd love to go have lunch. Thank you for listening to the Hard Money Podcast with Dutch Mendenhall. Don't forget to visit our website, economicactivist.com. That's www.economicactivist.com.